This is the High Hopes Podcast. High Hopes. It's a bunch of baseball nerds, well, without the computers, talking about the Philadelphia Phillies on Radio.com and Sports Radio 94 WIP. Chris Russo. Another edition of the High Hopes Podcast. We made it through the 2018 season, Jack. I figured I owed the people a real yo. Yeah, I mean, like, I didn't know we did a show with Mad Dog today, <laughs> so... Yeah, we made it to the 2018 season. Um, I, I didn't know if we were going to at certain points, Jack. Yeah, <laughs> it, it felt, was it a... It felt like it might never end at a certain point. It, and we, we picked the right time to get an intro <laughs> right when the season ended. Yeah, so. it's perfect. It's yeah, perfect. I mean, who needs an intro during the season? Hell of an intro, though. Yeah. Shout out to Barchard. Shout was out great. to John Barchard. He did a great job with that. Um, yeah, so it was a exhausting season. A lot of... Uh, I mean, it started off horrible, and then it got great. All excitement. Ended just about as bad as you could ever imagine. And I tell you what, the takes... We're getting to me by the end. I was just drained. <laughs> I, was, I, I was, couldn't take it I was, with you, man. I couldn't take the takes. I was ready for it to be over. Just so many bad takes and like not thinking critically for more than five seconds, which has always been my problem with the uh, older generation of baseball fans in this city. Yeah, look, and uh, a lot of culture shock this year, I think, for a lot of those fans. I mean, they went from zero analytics <laughs> to just about the most analytically driven organization in, in the game. So, All right, a lot to get into. James Helzer, Jack Fritz coming your way. Uh, Jack, I start off today with takes? I was, just, I was literally about to say Jack has informed me that he has takes today, and he can't even let me get it out. Go ahead. That's Take because, away. That's because Take away. I was parking my car, and it just <laughs> hit me. And I I was gonna, I didn't know if I wanted to save for the take or put it on this podcast, but it's a Phillies-related one, so I wanted to put it on this podcast. And to be clear, this is the most important podcast. It is. It is, so. the, it is the only podcast that I think about on a daily basis. <laughs> um, I can confirm by the text he sends me. Go ahead. So... I've decided that the the Phillies pee is childish and makes the Phillies look like a joke. Whoa! You're talking about the in the logo, the, logo, the, the, the circular big P. You're not a fan. It is childish. Wow. And I wish the Phillies would go back to how it used to be because that old P was the staple of what a... a, a You're a, talking like the 80s P. That is what a historical great franchise looks like. This looks like a clown show. And every time I try to envision like Bryce Harper, Manny Machado coming here, I can't get past the, the childish Phillies P that is on the, the top of the cap. Here's what I'll say. It's a good take. It's a good take, Jack. Thank you. I never thought about it till you just said it, but... The old P is so much better than the new P. It's always been. It's not always been better. It's and not like close. this P, it just looks like it looks like something a clown designed. Yeah. Like it would put on a balloon. It's pretty good. I don't like it. I, it's a good take. I was not expecting that take to start off the podcast. It's a more between a counterpoint take. <laughs> yeah, we have so much important Philly stuff to get into. I like that that was where we started. Thank you. It's where All I right, wanted uh, to start. let's dive in. And yes. like you said, um, it was a very up and down season. I will say, as uh, you know, we started that as podcast. Like the towards the end of the 2017 season, um, so a little over a year ago, and I had to do Phillies today for all of last season. And what I will say is, even as tough as this last month and a half was, it was still a lot better. I think people forget how crappy it is to have a 66 win baseball team. So I know how tough it ended, but I still think that at least compared to the season before, there was some reason to be happy with the season. But obviously, yeah. that's uh, that's probably not the predominant take right now. But there is. So much to get into. We got McPhail, we got Clentag, we got Kapler and Angelo. Amazing, all that. But let's start with McPhail because I don't know about you, Jack, but I'm not the biggest Andy McPhail fan right now. No, I, I, he, 
the 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 fact that he hedged on on the free agent class pissed me off to no end. Outrageous! You, you have been promising your fans, uh, like whether it was you didn't really come out and say it, but through the media, through leaks, through all that stuff, you've been telling your fans that the 2019 offseason or whatever the, the free agent class is going to be the time where you're going to spend all your money, you're going to bring in free agents, and the fact that in in his end of year press he he comes out in this milk toast like, well, you know, yeah. we may not. Did you look at the 20? Someone needs to put pen to paper. I I just can't take him, and it was just. It's 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 a very small minded. Uh, it's a small market. It's a small market thought. Like you're a big market team. Act like a big market team. That's what all. It's all John Middleton's been talking about for the last couple of years. Is how we're a big market team. We got to act like a big market team. We're gonna go out and spend a lot of money on free agents. And for him to come out and say, ah, you know, like we'll see. Don't count on it, guys. Yeah, I mean, the Yankees would never say that. The Red Sox would never say that. You're absolutely right. It's a small market mentality to to set the expectations that way. And I'll take it a step further. The goal. The goal that that man had to call out the fans and say, we're not signing these guys because you didn't show up? Bro, you ran a dog crap baseball team out there for seven years. And you're going to say, I mean, I, I don't know if he meant to say it. I don't know if it was a mistake and it slipped out. Jack, That, like I, as you could tell, it made me angry. It made me like, who are you, Andy McPhail, to tell me that? Who are you to say well, that? I'm my whole life. I've been a diehard Philadelphia Phillies fan. I show up. I care. And you're going to say that because people didn't show up to a team that a tanked the last se- month of the season and b hasn't won 81 games since 2012. Sorry, bro. I like so not okay with that, Jack. Well, especially since he's like never here. Like we never. It's the see first it. time we heard from him all year. Right. I mean, really, really. I I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm livid about it. It really makes me angry, Jack. And the, the the other thing that pisses me off is they, is they keep bringing up the attendance numbers, and that's that's one thing you said. But the other thing is they keep talking about how they they increase the amount of fans that walked in the in the in the in the stadium this year, and like that happens when you play the Yankees and Red Sox. <laughs> like, of course it's going to jump the attendance. There was forty five thousand there every night for the Yankees and Red. Well, there was thirty five thousand for the Red Sox series. Every every night the, the Yankees series was sold out. Mm-hmm. So of course it's going to jump your attendance numbers. It doesn't mean there was like. If you ask yourself objectively, if there's more fans in the ballpark than last year, there was probably more fans, but not enough to be like bragging about it to to the the rest of 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 the Phillies fans. We all watched the games, Andy. We all saw no one in the freaking seats. Like, don't like try and spin us on something that we could see with our own eyes. And that we went down there. That's been the most frustrating part with with what Clentac and what McPhail have said recently. And I, I'm a Clentac guy. I think he's I think he's really good at his job, and I think he's. I, but but the problem is is that. He talks down to people. They 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 feel like they're out of touch, and they the way they talk about baseball, it's like none of what they say backs up what your eyes are saying. Like the fourth, like when Clintax said we got the fourth best free agent class. Like, bro, you spent the second most of any team. And dude, Jake Arrieta sucked. I'm sorry, that dude sucked for the money he was making. That is what you call a bad signing. Don't defend it. Like, you can defend the act of doing it. You can defend the process of doing it. But don't sit here and say it worked. Like, just don't. It's, it's like you said, it's tone deaf, Jack. It's it's saying, hey, I'm smarter than you fans, and, and I, you guys just don't understand. Sorry. Yeah, and the, and the most annoying thing is that McPhail keeps bringing up how, oh, we don't want to pay for free agent pitchers. It's like, dude, you're the one that I'm 95% sure 
he was the one that was pushing for Arietta to oh, get Oh, yeah. Here. Of course he was. That was not a Clensack move. Danny I, I, McPhail is the guy who freaking brought him to Baltimore. Like, come on, man. Like, we're not stupid. I know. And it, the, the way they've talked, and uh, they've all said this in different ways, and Kapler mentioned it with, with Angelo, was about how... Um, it would have been the quickest rebuild to playoffs oh God, in, yeah. in modern. Yeah, you made ba- some great points on this. This is like, are, do, are we not watching baseball the last three years? Right. I mean, and, even the last three years? And like, congrats on congrats on having an average team with uh, a core that is not remotely close to the teams you're trying to compare yourself Two to. Two guys that we can count on. You pointed out, obviously, I think the Astros, such a, they lost 110 games, what, like four years ago, and they just won the World Series last year, and they have cornerstone guys. They got the AL MVP on their team. They got Carlos Correa. They got George Springer. That's three, that th- just those three guys alone are yep. all three better players than the Phillies have on this team. And, I, the, and the Cubs have Rizzo, Bryant, Baez, uh, Schwarber, Russell. Like, Russell's garbage. But, yeah. but, but the point is, like, if you collapse the way that the Phillies collapsed, and it was with a core that was Rizzo, Bryant, like it was like that level of core with high pedigree guys, high draft pick guys that were that were coming through the minor leagues, viewed as transcendent talents. We would all be way happier, totally fine, be p- totally fine. But the fact that you're trying to sell us on on this level of collapse with Cesar, who's 28, uh, you have Jose Batista playing a lot in right mm-hmm. field, uh, Strubel Cabrera playing I'm, all the time, of course, and Wilson Ramos, Justin Boyle, like all this stuff. And it's fine because there was a lot of injuries that also had to happen. Like, Franco got hurt. Williams got hurt. Uh, Altair got hurt at the end of the year. Um, Cesar's been banged up for a while. Wilson Ramos can't play back. Like, that's that's fine. It's just like, stop trying to sell us on this whole, oh, we have this young, exciting core. When if you look at the Phillies objectively and you take a holistic look down on them, you have Reese Hoskins, who is who's really good. And I think he could be our... Anthony Rizzo. Yeah. He, I think he's that level of a hitter. Obviously, he's streaky. Whatever. I agree with you. He's a bad fielder. We all know that, but hopefully, Put the, first hopefully base the DH hopefully... comes to the National League. No, but okay. <laughs> um, and Kingery, I think, is going to be a good piece. I Actually, interesting comp I want to throw on you. Ooh. 2012 Pirates basically had the same level of collapse that the Phillies had, mm-hmm. the same kind of thing. Their second baseman that year uh, batted 223 and had a 273 OBP. Do you know who it was? Josh Harrison. Josh Harrison. How about that? I think it's a pretty good Scott Kingery comp. Ooh, I, look, if he's Josh Harrison, that'd be a, a good player. A good, solid player. Okay, but so you have Kingery and him, uh, and then after that, I don't feel good about Azubel. Uh, There's no one you can count on. There, there, I mean, like I think Nick Williams could be a piece. I mean, there are guys who can be pieces. Alfaro has a high ceiling. There are guys who you can't say aren't something, but certainly none of them are 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 building block guys you build championship teams around. Right. And if you look at the minor leagues, it's like I think I think Baum could get there. I think people are a little too down on Baum. He's a legit middle of the impact uh middle of the order bat that is just, he got hurt and that's just unfortunate. Happens. Uh it sapped his power. And look at everyone else like I think Hazel's going to be great, but I don't think he's going to be at the level of a Schwarber or like a, a middle of the impact middle of the order bat that can change a game. Hopefully he's like a Benintendi. That's like high ceiling, high, high level. Yeah, it'd be great. That would, that's like the, the high level of him. Like Christian Yelich, light. <laughs> He's not going to be Christian Yelich. Let's not get carried away. Light, I said light. light. I'm with a you. Gu- light, light. Okay. Let's go. Christian Yelich is maybe the most underrated player in baseball, but good. A good player. A, he could be a good player. He's going to be a good player I agree in, in the major leagues. Moniak shows a flash in the second half. But like to sell us on this would be the quickest turnaround in MLB history, it's just not, it's not true. And it's not, you're not, you weren't, you weren't, Making that run with a group with a core of young players, you're making the run with Reese Hoskins and then older guys that you brought in the trade deadline. Yeah, look, I think um, 
the argument that the team wore down and all that is fine. That happens. They are young guys. They've never played 162 games. The in pitching a season. staff at a wall. Exactly. That's okay. We accept that. I'm fine with that. What they're doing is they're saying that, but then also saying, "Oh, you guys just don't get it. You guys don't understand what we actually did. You guys don't get where we actually are. You're wrong. We're right." And in this city, and it's funny because it's kind of a similar type of thing with the Kapler positivity thing, but but different because the Kapler positivity thing, I understand why people get upset with it, but at the same time, I, I'm okay with him not ripping his players. Like, that is okay to me. Yeah. But but I also, I do like the, it was a little refreshing the last We're going to get into it. We're going to get into it because I really do too. And the stuff with Angelo was amazing. But just on a macro level, the concept that you can't lie to your fans you can't treat us like we're stupid. Well, like, especially the high hopes pod. That, it, well, if the high hopes call, pod is calling that's BS, what I'm saying. like how we are, we have defended Matt Clintac to the death. Like, I, I mean, we got, know we know exactly what they're doing. We are completely in line. We follow the team. We we're, read we're everything. With you guys, we are. We know. We know the analytics. And for us to come out and say like this is ridiculous. Like, yes. you, you can't talk down. Like we know what we're talking about. What you're saying is is spin zone BS. Then. I think that's a bad look for the Phillies. I agree with you, especially because um, like, it is an organization that there are reasons to be positive about, as we've discussed. Yeah. And if you do believe that they are still going to go out and make something happen this offseason, then there are real reasons to be excited about the future. As they are set organizationally in terms of the amount of, maybe not the highest of end, but the quality of quantity of prospects that they have, with the players they do have, with the financial flexibility that they have, which, by the way, Andy McPhail, again, like you, it's unbelievable to think that we don't know what you guys are getting in a television contract. We don't know what the kind of money you guys have to spend. It, it's, and, you, and you don't have to say you're going star hunting like Brett Brown. It's outrageous. Just say, hey, you know, we're gonna we're gonna see what we can do this off season. Boom, that's it. Uh, you, whatever you want to say, just don't say. Don't get excited, guys. And did you look at the 2019, hey, the 2020 may, class? Hey, maybe if you guys have shown up, we would have signed these guys. But since you didn't, okay. But uh, to that point, I think that. They are in a solid spot, organizationally speaking, especially compared to where they were a couple years ago. That's good. Don't lie to us. Don't try and make it seem like you've done more than you have or that things are better than they are. It just turns us off. It does. It does. And the whole, the last couple days of press conferences have just been... (laughs) Disastrous. Like, I I will, I defend the Phillies. I defend the modern way of of baseball. I I love it. As you should, because it is the correct way. It's the correct way. It's just that when... Like when when you and I are like we're their core audience. Yeah. We're the ones who should not be ripping them. But the, but, the, but the fact that they come out and they're like talking down, like and it's a problem. I've had this problem with with Gabe a little bit, and not 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 a problem with Gabe. It's just that there's some things he needs to not say, and him coming out and and I think we talked about this, but in his like final couple of manager shows. He mentioned like Austin Davis's FIP, yeah, and said that it's, one of, the, it's yeah. one of the best in the bullpen. It just it 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 kills your other points, and it doesn't make know? it like it's, anyone it watching makes, knows it, it, that he doesn't. Well, have it. it kills your credibility, right? It makes you seem like why should I believe you about this if you're going to tell me that Austin Davis is an elite left-handed reliever? Like why why should I believe you because I can see that he's not right. So uh, that's one thing I think he's going to learn from, and I think with Angelo and in the last week or, or so. In his last call post game post game press conferences or media gatherings, uh, he showed a refreshing level of anger and a refreshing level of humanness. And I thought yesterday's uh, argument with Angelo, I think it actually helped him turn around some of the city. It made him seem like he was a human being for the first time, and it made him seem relatable. 
Yeah. Like that was the first time I was like, yeah, he actually looks like he cares that they lost. Yeah. Well, let's dive into that because, and if you haven't heard it, it's on 94WIP.com, all that stuff. It is, it, no joke, I've been listening to Philly Sports Radio my whole life. It's some of the best 15 minutes I've ever heard listening to Philly Sports Radio. That's how great a back and forth it was. And I don't. nobody won. Like, that was the thing is they both were great. Angelo was great. Kepler was great. Like, they really had great points on both sides, and it was a real boxing match. And I think Angelo appreciated it. I think Angelo, uh, I think he respected Kepler more after it. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and look, I also think that I respect Gabe Kepler coming out and defending his guy. I thought that was very respectable that he came out and said, Hey, you can't call my guy Matt Klintak incompetent. That's not fair. I appreciate because it's not fair, and it's not. And I agree, and that I appreciated that Gabe did that. He's sticking up for his guy. The back and forth was so good; it was real. What was your take? Your biggest takeaway? Listening to that, obviously, we talked about kind of how it kind of made people look a little differently at Kapler, but from the content of it, what was your takeaway? My takeaway was um, I'm glad that he defended his guy. Um, I think Klentak, I, I think I think it was important for Gabe to come out and, and defend Matt Klentak, and it showed some gall from the Phillies organization. And it, and some what, guts. And what, it was funny because a couple of moments in there, in the opening argument, that he clearly had practiced in front of a mirror for at least two days. I would say a hundred <laughs> times he did that thing. Maybe um, 150. Uh, it was clear that it was a Klentak and Phillies PR production to an extent. Like, they had points that that he wanted to make sure, sure. He, he got out there. Um, and I was proud of Gabe. I was, I'm, I was glad that he didn't back down. I'm also glad that at the end of the, pre- at the, end of the, the first little sparring match, or at the end, before they started getting into other questions about the team, um, he was like, he was, like, was going to say something. And he stopped himself. And he stopped himself. He's like, I don't want to do this. I just want to know what he was going to say. Yeah, me too. I can't. I don't, uh, I don't know what I was about to take a shot. I know. It sounded like, and he's like, uh, 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 I'm going to pull this one back here. Would have been career suicide. Yeah, uh, but, would have been the worst thing he could have done. But I will say, I don't think Angelo's, I don't think Angelo speaks for all the Phillies fans, for sure. Agree. And I understand that he's got to say that I speak for the fans of this city. And I, look, I think there is a large portion of the fan base that Angelo There's does large, speak and for, I think, for sure. I think Angelo was, and we talked about this a lot, and we don't want to admit it to ourselves because it just like hurts to admit, but there was a disconnect to this Phillies team. No, Angelo was at that. I think that was Angelo's strongest point. And I think he was absolutely right in the sense that whatever you guys are saying down there, I talk to these people every day. I, I this is my job. And people are not digging what you're putting out there. Like, and that's a fact. It is. And, but to argue that to a, a different point is that if they had better players, this works. And, okay. and if the, and Gabe's right that if we win a lot and our 100%. offense, and if our offense isn't stagnant, and has better offensive pieces, fans are going to show up. It's like, look, listen, man, the Yankees are the most analytically driven organization in sports. Well, that, and, it's, and, like, and, uh, it's, it's so funny when everyone's like, go get Joe Girardi. It's like, do you, do you have any idea? Joe Girardi's as, if not more analytically inclined than Kepler is. Binder Joe. Binder Joe. Like, people don't get that. He is pure analytics. So, so like, they are very analytically, analytically driven. The Red Sox are as well. Fans show up because a team rakes, okay? Yep. And fans are going to show up if, if the Phillies raked. And even when they're on that stretch of, of first-place baseball, they were in that because the starting staff was so good. Mm-hmm. And while I live for pitching, I only care about pitching. Obviously. And I want to. I think the Phillies should hire me as a pitching guru. I think I got good ideas. And this is my, my, <laughs> my resume. Um, this is my resume. Um, watching pitching duels every night, no, I can understand where people don't really love coming to the ballpark sure. to watch pitching. Except for Nola. Like, Nola's a different um, guy. And he was right. 
I think Angelo is completely right in saying that there was a disconnect with this Phillies team. Obviously, there there's a certain faction of 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 listeners, like the high host spot, like the listeners of this podcast, the fans of this podcast, the fans of analytics. They were enjoying the team right night because you were seeing a different brand of baseball. But for a guy who's watched it for a while and hasn't really watched other baseball besides the Phillies to be thrown into this Carlos Santana leading off and sure. all the, like, I can understand and it and I th- I thought the Phillies did a, a kind of a bad job of trying to dumb it down to an extent. You have to dumb it down to an extent. Hundred percent. Not all fans are like us. Like not all fans are like the faction of the fan base, the fraction of the fan base that is pro analytics. You have to make it for everybody. And the people that are pro-analytics aren't going to be like, well, that's dumb. Why would you say that? We're going to be like, okay, this makes sense. Like, it's fine to explain it in a, in a dumbed-down version because you have to make everyone feel welcome. And the Phillies didn't do a good job of making everyone feel welcome. Yeah, you have to make it relatable and palatable. I have the same issue with announcers sometimes. Where, where, you know, oh, the Phillies broadcast team did not do a good job. No, of, no, of, no. They, of explaining they kind things. of set the tone yes, for the entire I, season. Yes, I agree with you, but... I, I think announcers do a poor job of that too, where it's it's explaining these things that you're talking about or using them in a way that is palatable or understandable for an audience that a lot of people don't understand them or care about them. I think that's a, a, a great point. And I think your point about localized baseball is true too. I mean, that's what the sport is now. You know, the sport is a local sport. Most people don't watch a lot of baseball. You know me because I'll text you about like a random Brewers game in June. Like I'm always watching baseball. Yeah. You're always watching baseball. But most people just watch their team. Yep. So if you've just been watching this this specific Phillies team for the last decade, for your whole life, whatever it is, and then this comes in and it is like the exact opposite, polar opposite of what you were before and they're not winning, I can understand how that could be a frustrating thing for people. Right. And then it makes, and then it makes people think that it doesn't work, which is like we've had... This we have had to have our analytics good for baseball conversation in this town this year, which is just so mind numbing. Like, well, yeah, it's a, it's because a, it's a conversation that's already over. Uh, it, it, yes, I analytics know. work. Period. I'm, there's a reason that thirty out of thirty teams use it. I, I, it well, except is, for the Mets, the Mets are going back to yeah, no analytics. Yeah, that's, that was the reason. The Mets, I I can't even. That's the funny thing too. Is like Mickey Calloway had a significantly worse rookie season as a manager than Gabe Kapler. And, and you know, no one talks about Mickey They Kelly do think was, he's a dunce up there, though. Which they should. He was should. way worse. He was embarrassing. And I liked Mickey Calloway as a pitching coach. Yeah. He was a disaster as the There's not coach. many pitching coach managers that work out. Like, Bud Black's the, the big one that worked. But. Yeah, that's a really good point, actually. You're right. It usually isn't pitching coaches that work out well there when you think about a lot of the great ones. But, um, yeah, I think that uh, I think it's a really interesting point. And I think that... It's something, I think Angelo hit on something crucial there. That there is a disconnect with all this stuff and that the Phillies need to do something about that. As an organization, and I think that, again, I know I ripped Andy McPhail before, but I'm happy that he brought up the positivity thing and that he is going to talk to Kapler about that and that's something Kapler's going to work on because even if I don't have a problem with it, which I've said a hundred times on this show that I don't, I'm fine with him being Mr. Positive Guy. I don't care what he says as long as his players believe in him. Who cares? Yeah, but don't. Wasn't but there a, I think it does matter from a, a public PR standpoint in the sense that you need your fan base behind you. But, and if it drives people crazy, you have to find a way to mitigate it. But wasn't there a part of you that was like, come on, man? Yeah, that's my point. Yes, of course. There's a point where you're like, 
like you said, the Austin Davis thing. Or if you lose 14 to 1, you come out and say, well, in the seventh inning, this yeah, is bad. He, he didn't really do that much the last couple of weeks. Like, I, would, well, I will, and, I will he, say the last week. Yeah. The last week he came out. And the, in the interview with Angela, he's like, we sucked. I sucked. Everything sucked. I was like, what? Yeah, that felt a little forced. It did. It did. But at least he's acknowledging. I know. I know. Uh, and in the post game, I think before our last podcast, what he say? Like, it was a uh, crap, like, shitty performance. I think he said shitty performance. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's at some point, it's it's fine to be like, we'll, we'll, we'll respect you for being yourself. And I know Gabe's self is positivity, but there also has to be a part of you to where it's like, man, this is horrible. Because gotta listen, be real. And also, can we, listen, I, I fundamentally do not believe that the Phillies quit this season. I know there's a lot of people that think they quit. I just think if you, if you played baseball, and you were on a bad baseball team, you're like, oh my God, I want the season yes. to be over. Well, and imagine, I, I feel the same way. We're human beings, right? These guys are human beings. They have human emotions and stuff. Not just once the season is over, but when the season was over is when, like, you just stop caring. Like, so I understand the Atlanta series, they didn't quit in the Atlanta series. They just lost to Atlanta. They weren't as good as Just because Atlanta. you lose games those doesn't Col- mean you quit. Right, and those Colorado, everyone points to that Colorado series. It's like, they just got eliminated. They were done. And they go to Colorado to face a team that is playing for the playoffs. Every game matters. Every win matters, as it showed, as they went down to the freaking tie at the end of the season. Yeah. Every game mattered for them. Like, of course they're going to beat your ass. No one wants to be there. The season's over. I, like, that is not Gabe Kapler's fault. That is human beings being humans. Right. And, and I, think, I, think, I think people who are ripping the, saying they quit, if you're, if you're in that position, I, you, throw out the millions of dollars saying, whatever, they're still human beings. Like, if you're on a baseball team and your baseball team is done and you're playing like crap, like it's just miserable to be there. It's not fun to be there. All you want to do is go home. And I love baseball, but there was times where I was just like, I just want to go home. Like Everybody I don't, don't want to sit here in the dugout anymore. Like it's just it's just natural natural human emotion. Now I will say, I will say before that, when it all was going to crap, there had to be someone who stepped up in the locker room. And we said it before, like I just didn't see that. But I'm not going to say they quit. I just think like. I just think they were just done. I, I feel the same way. I think they wore down, and I think at a certain point they were just done, and I don't think there's any manager on the planet who could have gotten them to change that attitude no. or change that. It's the, Exactly. It's being a human, and it's understanding that. And I, um, I think that's a really good point, Jack. And I think that was one of the biggest things that we heard is the locker He lost the locker room. People quit on him. And I, I thought that was patently unfair. I, I I really agree with you on that one. And And look, I think that... In addition to that, talking about the you know being human and all that, it's a hundred and sixty two game grind, man. Like they're yep. playing hundred and sixty two games in what, like hundred and seventy days or something insane like that. Like there's so few off days. It's such a long grind, especially when you are competing and then think about when you are going through a slump and it's getting worse and worse, and then you're just done. Like what are you gonna do? Be like, no, let's let's win these last few fellows. Let's go get them. Like yeah. it's just not the way people are. Like I ideally, we all want them to be right. Of course, I want you all want a team of twenty five guys who could be zero and one sixty one and are gonna play that one hundred and sixty second game like it's the World Series. Of course you do, but that's just not reality. Yeah, it's definitely not baseball. It's not baseball. Um, all right, so it's a very uh, a bit of a uh, disappointing right now. This is like a, a usually we're we're pretty positive. We're usually very Gabe Kapler esque on the high ups pod, yeah. Jack. It's a bit of a disappointment right now, and and I think that um I don't want to get lost in the fact that again just to to hammer home on the fact that I do think the Phillies are in a very good spot organizationally speaking, very healthy organization. Very when healthy organization. When you're looking at 
uh, their their international resources. Mm-hmm. When you look at their, uh, they're adding more teams. They're adding more minor league teams. They're adding more scouting directors. They have, I think they have the, uh, well, what's what's on the record? I think they have the third biggest analytics department in the NL, which I think is important. Um, overall, they are in a very very healthy spot as a team, as a as a as a depth. Like they have all this depth. They have all these scouts everywhere. They're doing what they can to to win big and win for a long time and win sustainably. You still have to hit this offseason. Yeah. Oh, this offseason is everything. It's it's so important. It Although really is. I will say, the 2020 class is pretty dope. It's good, too. Rendon, Arenado, Sale. Arenado. That's my guy. I love Arenado. Hey, you looked at the road splits. They're not as bad. You sure you want Nolan Arenado? Yeah, I don't want Nolan Arenado. They're you, not as bad. I mean, the power's still there. It's just the sure? average drops for some reason, but the power's still there. Are you sure? Yeah. Best defensive third baseman in the game. No, he's not. Yeah, I think he is. No, he's not. Matt he's, Chapman. Oh, Matt Chapman's really good. And guess what? They went to the same high school. Really? They went to the same high school. Who the hell is that fielding coach? What? Yeah. That's insane. Not at the same time, but like still, but still, like that fielding coach or whoever the head coach is. Hell yeah, those guys are freaks defensively. Um, all right. So what do we need to see from the field? Obviously, they need to go out and spend some money, and they're going to. Like I really, I still believe that. I don't. I don't care what Andy McPhail said. I believe that the Phillies are going to go out and put on the full court press. I think they were just, you know, they saw Brett Brown say we're star hunting and come up empty. They see reactions to stuff like that. I think that they were just managing expectations, and Andy Phil's been in baseball a long time. He said this is the smart thing to do. We need yep. to make sure that people don't put all their eggs in one basket, but I still believe they're going to go out and they're going to spend money this offseason. I agree with you, and I, one thing I forgot to mention that I took away from Clentac's press conference and most McPhail's was it really felt like this season was a big, giant experiment from them, and I don't think we're going to see the same kind of things next year. I think it's going to be much more traditional analytically driven organization rather than like they did some some like batting Roman Quinn third some weird stuff I've, I'm behind most of the line decisions I just want to ask what like I, I, I'm open to it I want to know I just want to know what the thought process was behind yeah. batting Roman Quinn third I don't know it was weird to me um, but I think this season was one giant big exper- experiment for Clensack and, and Kapler and McPhail and and I just think that next year they're not going to take the same kind of risks with where they put guys and the lineup and the bullpen guys. Like I just I view the season as they want to try new things. They want to see what would work, what would not work. And and Clintac has mentioned that. He has mentioned that we found some things we liked and we found some things that we didn't like and we'll 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 fix that going forward. And while competing was fun for a long time, it was never really the goal this year. It was never the plan. It was never the plan. They they went for it. Credit to them. They they went for it. They they tried to do what they could. And Gabe did mention yesterday that he thought that the some of the vets did mess up the team. I chemistry. heard that, which was interesting. I, I he had to mention. It. I mean, like it, it it had to have. I guess so. Well, I know. I, I'm sure some of the younger players were annoyed that their playing time. Was would cut. you be? I would be too. Especially if you go into the season expecting it to be one thing, and you're going through the entire season, then all of a sudden it's not. Especially when you're the the guys who got them into the position to be competing. But also, like you can't tell me that <laughs> taking a 223 and 273 OBP I'm not guy. The moves. I've still felt good about the moves at the time. I appreciated it, but it is it is interesting in hindsight to to think about how it affected it that way. But um, look, I think that. I also think that we haven't mentioned this too. I do think that Kapler maybe had a little, uh, went a little overboard in September. I think the 40 man rosters were maybe more of a hindrance for him than a help. Yeah, he got a little excited. He got a little excited. It's like, 
chill, Gabe. You don't have to make a move just to make a move right now. It felt like he was a little aggressive. Yeah, and I, I think it's fine that he went through that. I yeah. think it's fine that he... It was good. It's rookie year. Let's, it's let's fine. get that stuff out of the way. And that's one of the things that people have to look at is rookie year manager. Again, I think it's a really good point. It's like it's like you have to you have to let them grow a little bit, a little and you bit. have to you also have to let the staff grow. Like you have to let the staff grow. They were they're a young, talented group. They have legit high upside arms, and when the fact that they went through this is big, and they learned how to pitch in September was big. I think the whole team getting those reps is big. Right, right, and I'm glad they played more of the kids the last couple of weeks. They didn't really have, they didn't really have a choice. They because, had because people got hurt. Yeah, um, but it was good. It was good to see them out there, and uh, I just think it's important to get those reps. But again, Gabe. Uh, I thought he he it settled down in the middle of the season with all the moves and um, pulling guys early and moving guys around and I understand that late in the season like pulling Kingery in the second inning was a good decision mm-hmm. like they won the game people never mentioned that they won that game mm-hmm. it's only that they pulled Kingery classic um, but yeah I agree I think he went a little haywire in September and was like oh I have all this stuff I can use I'm going to do everything and I don't think you always have to do everything I think he learned that. His yeah, rookie year. I agree, and I again rookie year as as a manager. I mean, this guy had never managed above what like the the independent league or or the Israeli it like, baseball it like, team. Well, it was like single A ten years ago. What the, that's the point. I mean, give this guy a chance to learn and understand what his job is and what his role is. And I I do think he grew over the year. And, I, and look, I know that some people think it's hokey, but I love him sending out uh, anonymous questionnaires to the team and the coaches and saying, how can I be better? I love that kind of stuff. You know, I mean, at least he, he cares. At least he's willing to say, all right, I'm not the best at this. I know that I can get better. I can improve. Tell me how I can improve. I thought that was important. And I know some people think it's hokey, but I, re- I really like that. And all the players did mention in you know the last couple of interviews about how if you came to him with an idea, he would be listening. He would listen mm-hmm. to it, and he wouldn't just completely shun you away, which isn't important. Well, and he also, they said that he would explain his decisions to them. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like he would just do something and not tell them why he's doing it. Constant so, communication. Constant communication. I, look, I'm I'm a Gabe guy. I still am a Gabe guy, and I will be a Gabe guy. I believe in the guy, and I think he deserves a chance for people to back off just a little bit and give him a chance to improve on some of these things that we've been ripping him for. And that interview the other day was an important way uh, an important start to that. I agree. I think you're right. I think that I think that interview alone probably garnered him more support from the segment of the fan base that wasn't supporting him than anything else he did. Yeah, season. and we got callers that, uh, last night saying, like, I like him more now. Yeah. I used to not like him that much, but now I like him more. Yeah. Which and, I think is important. It's I important to important. change the perception. And that's the one thing that sinks Sam Hickey was the public perception. Yes. It's the one thing that sunk him. And it's it sunk so many people. I mean, in organizations, if you're in a city, especially in a city like this, like we may, you know, joke about uh, uh, sometimes we don't always be, we're not always the smartest baseball fans or sometimes we're we're not always the best in this way and that way, but we are passionate. And you know what we we're, care. You know what we're city. good at is sniffing out BS. Yeah. It's the one thing that I think is the best quality of the city is we sniff out BS. And I never thought Gabe was BSing people. There's a little bit of BSing there. Yeah. And these last couple these last couple days, the Phillies have been justifiably ripped for trying to BS fans. And I'm glad that we're kind of being like, no, this isn't going to last. Like you need to be you need to be real with us. I, we, we'll, we will respect you more. A hundred percent. And I think honestly, other than signing Bryce Harper and Manny Machado, which we have both talked about the the massive importance we feel in this offseason and what they have to do, I honestly think other than that. I think the most important thing this this organization has to deal with this offseason is their messaging, is the way that they are, are like we talked about, is portraying themselves to the fans and endearing themselves to this fan base. Ultimately, Andy McPhail, 
your comments that people aren't showing up and that hurts the team is right. If you want them to show up, don't rip them. Don't don't call them out for not showing up. Put a good product on the field. Yep. And people will show up. All right, Jack, any uh, other thoughts before we argue? Oh, what are we are? Oh, oh, we're gonna oh argue? you know what we're arguing about. <laughs> we got to throw this in at the end here, right? Um, no, I, I think I'm good. I'm okay. all, I'm all taked out. Took all right. Out. Well, except for your take that yes. Theo Epstein sucks. Theo right? Epstein. What a, what a horrible take this is. Once again, it's proven right. a horrible right. take. Theo Epstein is the single most overrated oh GM in all of sports. He is viewed as a messiah. He he is a he is a he is a good builder of a core. Oh man! After the core is built, he is brutally average as a GM. And ninety four combined years of sadness and frustration. That dude ended it. A hundred and ninety four years. That is not the point that I am point. making. But it's the point. He built those cores, which I acknowledge. But everything after that is not as good as what he did to build that core because he creates friction so, inside of organizations and they do not have his back when things go wrong. He is a overrated GM. Oh, he signed you oh, Darvish, oh, who was garbage, and I knew he was garbage. He signed Tyler Chadwood. He is he brought in Jorge De La Rosa, who stinks. <laughs> you can't pick out specific moves. I like just did. He sure did. He did it after he won the Cubs their first World Series in 180 years. Because of the core he built. <laughs> but it, you can't take away the core building. He, he won, won. He took these 194 years of he frustration. Wins, he, and, he wins World Series and gets lazy. Oh man, it's such a bad take. Such a bad take. You can you can't do, like take one and not the other and say he's overrated. He did. That. Jack is turning around in his chair, just turning away from me right now. Uh, it's it's so I can't even deep down inside. I can't even deep, wrap my head deep around down this take. inside. Cubs fans agree with me, and they uh, they they don't want to admit it, but they agree. And Theo Epstein. We'll never have to buy a beer by in the Chicago. Way, uh, speaking of other things, are they gonna? So they might fire Joe Matt, which is crazy, by the way. Is yes. Would, would you, you would you, you, you move you, on from Gabe to bring in Joe Matt? Look, <laughs> it's not a fair question. I, I let's put it this way: I think it would be a, a gigantic mistake to fire Joe Matt. I'll just leave it at that. Well, if there's friction, what are they gonna do? Fire Theo? No, right. Well, what yeah. are they gonna do? Greatest team builder of all time. How could you fire Theo? Team builder, bad after that. <laughs> He won two World Series in Boston. <laughs> oh man, I love I love that take. It's so bad. I know it's great. <laughs> it will be interesting though. The Madden thing will be interesting because you know, look, we heard we had it with Girardi, we had it with whatever. If if they fire Joe Madden, Phillies fans will be calling for Joe Madden. There's no question. And then they'll be like, oh look, he's analytics. Right, same right, right. same thing, right? Get that guy. He's a better version. I would not do that. I I would give Gabe more time. I think Gabe has earned more time. Just because Joe Madden is available doesn't mean that that he's the right fit. Okay. But again, I wouldn't be killing them either. Like, if they brought in Joe Madden, I'm not going to... If you have a chance to get Joe Madden, you, it's like I understand really hard it. to say Exactly. No. That's exactly right. He is a great, great manager who still has the same ideals and thoughts that I have and the way I like to go about baseball. So I would be okay with it, but I, I it just in a vacuum, I think it would be unfair to move on from Gabe Kapler after the season. The Cubs did move on from Rick Renneria to bring in Joe Madden at a critical point in their franchise. Yeah, worked out. It did work out. So, we'll see. I don't know. I, it's interesting. I I agree with you, but I wouldn't kill him for it. Oh, that, that, and that's the takeaway, right? Like, again, like you said, if Joe Madden is the Phillies manager, I'm very happy with that because I think he's a great manager. 
It's proven he's a great manager. But again, if they don't do that because Gabe deserves more time, I'm okay with that too. Fair. I think it's the way to take it. Fair. All right. Any final thoughts or takes, Fritzy? No, I do not have any takes. Good. Left. This was cathartic. I felt like we needed this. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it felt good. like they they needed an ass kicking. Yes, Matt, Andy, less Gabe. It's funny because I feel like Gabe all year has taken all the bullets, all the hits for the most part. Um, and now I think it not just me, right? I, I you think it's fair to say that that even on a macro sense right now, I think more people are upset with Clentac and McPhail right now than with Gabe. Yeah, I would say so as well. Uh, rate and review the podcast. Always makes me very happy. Do it for Jack. And I send, I send James te- happy yes. text messages. Like, check this one out. I know. It's the it, best. It is the best. So do it for Jack. Do it for us. Uh, we're Closing in on 100 five-star uh, five reviews. Ooh, 87. We'll do something. We'll, we'll, by the next pod, Jack and I will figure out what we'll do when we get to 100 for somebody. Yeah, that's fair. For everybody. Yeah, that's fair. For the people. Something fun. And we're going to get some guests on this offseason. We're going to have fun. We're going to be here all offseason. Oh, uh, we're going to get some major guests. Yeah, we're going to get some big guests. And we are also, like, literally just whenever free agency opens, the the, the emergency pods, we're ready. We're, we're 100% locked in. It's going to roll. For sure. Can't wait. All right. We love you guys.